Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Thanks for being here today. We're in out of the cold and out of the rain. Are you ready to worship the Lord today? We welcome those of you that are worshiping online with us today. Let's join together and sing. Can we stand this morning? God is asking us if we see what he sees. And what he sees is a grave that's empty and a Savior that's alive. Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Oh, I see lightning, I hear thunder. Something stirring six feet under. Dead things coming back to life again. I believe there's about to be another resurrection. Oh, I see signs and I see wonders. Do you see what I see? 
Come on and give him praise today. He is risen, and we are risen with him. He has made us alive and made us to sit in heavenly places. Amen? God is on the throne today. Do you believe that? And God is here in this room with us today. You guys know this already, but God can be everywhere at the same time. So he can be seated at the throne of heaven, and he can be here in this room with us today. And his Holy Spirit is here. And so, Holy Spirit, we welcome you today to come and to do your work in us. Whether we're worshiping in this room or whether we're worshiping online, whether we're watching it today live or whether we're watching it weeks or or months down the road. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would fill the place where we are right now to overflowing. That, God, we would receive from you that which you want to have us receive today. Those things that you want to give us today, God, we want to receive those things. So make our hearts ready. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, come on and give the Lord praise this morning, and then you can be seated. It is great to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Well, once again, we welcome you to CTC. Thanks so much for for, uh, being with us today. And uh, we are just so honored that you're here. Again, whether you're in the room or whether you're worshiping online, we want to extend a special welcome to all of you. Uh, Right where you are are Connect Cards. And uh, you can fill those out. If you're new with us today, uh, maybe you've never been here to uh, CTC before. When you leave, if you're here in the, in the building with us, when you leave the room today on the left-hand side of the mall is our Connect Central. And we encourage you to stop by there. We have a free gift for you. And uh, there's some folks in the church that you'll be able to meet and talk to, find out about any and all of the ministries that we have uh, going on at CTC and ask any questions uh, that you might have. So take a minute. And stop by there. If you're new and you're online, there's an I'm new here button in the upper right hand corner of the screen. And you can click on that and uh, that will take you to our connect card. Uh, Connect card is available online and it's also available here in the room. Uh, If you're new, uh, just give us some basic information uh, on that connect card so we can have a record of your visit. And thank you for being here today. If you are a regular attender, as we've been saying for the last several weeks, it really helps us. I know it might seem like a little bit of a chore, but it really helps us for you to fill out a Connect card every time you're with us uh, because we have teams of people that follow up with uh, folks that haven't been here for a while. And so if you come but you don't fill out a Connect card, you might receive a call from one of those folks. So um, help us out if you don't mind and uh, just fill out that Connect card. You can also leave prayer requests or uh, praise reports on those. And again, both uh, here in the room and online. Uh, you can leave us those prayer requests on that on those connect cards. All right. All right. So let's take a couple of minutes now and catch up on some of the things going on around our church. My name is Bill. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on around our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and get you caught up. Since our vote to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church, we have had a series of town hall meetings to discuss the elders' proposal to join the Global Methodist Church. Our next meeting will be on Saturday, February 3rd at 2 p.m. at the Bear Campus. 
This meeting will be for the purpose of voting on that proposal. If you are a ministry partner with us, we encourage you to be at this meeting as we look to the future of CTC. Our CTC Women's Ministry invites all women to celebrate Valentine's Day with them at their Galentine's Day lunch event on Sunday, February 18th at 1.30 p.m. at La Casa Pasta. It will be a great opportunity to fellowship with other women and enjoy some great food. It is important that you RSVP to this event so they can have an accurate headcount. To sign up, you can contact Debbie Corman at dwade118 at yahoo.com or 443-466-7137. Several weeks ago, you had the chance to meet our new Senior Center Director, Candy Smith. The center has been undergoing a refresh, and the new name is now Cornerstone Adult Community Center. The hours of operation are Tuesdays through Thursdays from 9.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. Lunch is available for purchase for $5. Activities include oil painting, ceramics, trips, and health education. To find out more, you can visit our website or contact the center at 302-836-6463. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever before. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find out more information about all of our ministries by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Have a great week. Welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ to Christ the Cornerstone. It is wonderful to see all of you. Welcome online. If you're visiting, if you're joining us online, we're glad that you're here with us today. I just want to take a, a moment this morning and just remind us and rejoice in what we do as a church. And yesterday we had a very large uh, funeral gathering here, uh, at, but so many of you helped to support that family, and that's what the church uh, is about and this room was transformed. Uh, we we even ate our our meal afterwards right in this room and uh, it looks beautiful today. And I'm just so grateful for the ways in which you step up to help and serve uh, one another. That's what we're here to do. You hear us use the words love, love God, serve, use our abilities and our skills for the good news of Jesus Christ, so that others can experience that. And then we engage. We engage with one another to encourage, to pray together, to, to uh, learn together. And then we go out, as Jesus tells us to do, and we engage the world with the good message of Jesus Christ. That's what we do here at Christ the Cornerstone, and that's, that's why we do it, and that's what we do. And I just thank you for being a congregation that does that. Uh, we've got some uh, verses that we read just to encourage us to trust God for all things, and uh, you're always encouraged to give. Part of our part of our serving is is giving to others. So let's read this scripture together as we see it on the screen. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Well, I invite you to stand again and uh, let's continue worshiping God this morning as the team leads us. Dear Heavenly Father, we're so grateful to be able to gather together in your presence. Your Holy Spirit is here. You heard 
you, you heard us get up this morning. Uh, you, heard, you, you saw us gather together. Whether we're here in this room or we're watching online, we're going to lift up your praises this morning, God, and you tell us that you will come and live in, you inhabit the praises of your people. We need you here, Jesus. We need you wherever we are. So come and strengthen us this morning. Speak to us a good message before you send us out to engage the world with that message. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pastor just referenced uh, Psalm 22 where it says the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Now, I don't know how I know this, but somebody told me this a long time ago that the, the Bible was translated into Japanese and then from Japanese back into English. And so when that happened, Psalm 22.3 in that translation read, when God's people praise him, he pulls up a comfortable chair and sits down. Now, how much more relatable could he be to us than just to come in and just sit down where we are to receive the praise that we have for him? And so today, our prayer is that the Holy Spirit would come and fill this place and rest on us. God, we pray that you would be pleased with the praise that we offer you today. Hallelujah. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Come down, Spirit, when you move. Make my heart pound when you fill the room. You're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will fill me. Come, Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound when you fill the room. You're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will fill me. And as the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Fire and wind, come and do it again. Open up the gates, let heaven on in. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Fire and wind, come and do it again. Open up the gates, let heaven on in. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. Come down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room. You're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will feel me calm down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. 
afresh today, Holy Spirit. We sang these words a moment ago. Come down, Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound when you fill the room. And that is an experience that sometimes happens. But I want you to know today that we walk by faith and not by sight. So even if the words following that, you're here and I know you will fill me. I'm here and I know you are moving. We walk by faith and not by sight. So as you're calling out to the Holy Spirit today in your own life, come and rest on me, Holy Spirit. Come and rest on me, Holy Spirit, whether you feel it or not. That feeling may come in time. It may not. But we walk by faith and not by sight. And when we invite the Holy Spirit to come and to be with us, He will do that. Jesus gave His life for us. Amen? And after Jesus' resurrection, He ascended into heaven. And He sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. 
So that's why we can call on him today. And the reason that we can call on him today is because after that resurrection, you know what was left in that grave? Nobody. And we are alive today because Jesus is alive. Because he got up from that grave on the third day. And he purchased for us our salvation. Thank you, Lord.
the impact to that today? No enemy can hold you down because there is nobody in the grave. Come on and give the Lord praise today. One head gets to wear that crown and that head is not physically in this room today. That head is Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, who, by the way, wants to have a one-on-one relationship with you. I know, I can't wrap my brain around it either. But the one who created this universe wants to have a relationship with us. Now, earlier in the service, Pastor Roger mentioned uh, that we walked through a very difficult time with the family yesterday, right here in this room. And we will continue to, to support them and walk through them. And the idea that sometimes when you're in a difficult time, worship is always appropriate, right? Right? Even in the most difficult of circumstances, Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And so worship is always appropriate, and I know it's easy for me to say because I'm not standing in a very, very difficult, grieving experience this morning. But wherever you are, the one who created you wants to walk through that with you. And sometimes in our worship, all we can muster is just to say hallelujah. Do you know that in just about every language in the world, hallelujah is pronounced and said and spelled all the same way? Because sometimes that's all we can do is lift up our hands and sing hallelujah. So God, even in our difficult times this morning... We throw up our hands and we worship you. All my words fall short. I've got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing these songs as I often do, but every song must end, and you never do. Come on now. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again, because all that I
So come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Come on. Cause you've got a lion inside of those tongues. Get up and praise the Lord. Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Cause you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. so that when they are old, they will not depart from your ways. Bless the mom and dad. Bless the grandparents. Give them wisdom. Provide everything that they need. We thank you, Jesus. We ask these things in in your name, Jesus. And we don't know how you're going to do it, but we trust you do. So we trust these young ones with you just as we trust ourselves with you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Great day. Great day to worship the door. My dad would say it's a great day to be a duck. <laughs> With all the rain, all the rain, that were a great day to be a duck. Anyway, so we're in our series, our winter of contentment. And we've been in this for all, even before Christmas, and I, I'm, I'm extending Christmas a little bit. 
we, have on our, we still have our Christmas tree up in our house. <laughs> and uh, it might come down tomorrow. It might not. I don't know. But uh, we've been in this series, our winter of contentment, learning about this idea of God calling us to a, to a life of, of peace, a life of contentment. We've talked about contentment as being the absence of strife. We've called, talked about contentment as, as being peace. We, we've talked about contentment uh, as, as being a, a sense of satisfaction. And, and, and thank you to those who gave me a pecan pie for my birthday. So, so you know, there's still some back in the refrigerator in the mall area if you want to help yourself after the service. Just go, you know, there's little pieces there. When I eat pecan pie, I'm contented. I'm satisfied. And that's what this word contentment means. But at the same time, even though contentment means peace and satisfaction, and we get the sense of ease in all of it, there's a component of contentment that never takes away fully the striving. But instead, our relationship with Jesus gives us strength, courage, the ability, the confidence to be able to face whatever we're contending with in this world with a sense of contentment. It's... it's it's ironic. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm going to use a great big word. It's oxymoronic. It's an oxymoron. Emphasis on the oxy, not the moron. <laughs> and we're going to talk about some more Greek today. That's definitely a Greek word as we, as we think about it. But I want us to, this contentment. And, and as I've presented to you last week as the body of Christ, the church, there's always a time in the life of the church uh, where we have to talk realistically about some of our finances. <laughs> and if you're new to us last week and this week and next week, I do not apologize. But you just happen to walk into the family conversation where we're talking about money. And, and the church is not about money. Yet, Jesus teaches us a lot and often how to use the resources that we've got. So we've got to pay attention to these things. But last week I presented to you this little brochure. It's on the tables. It's on, the, it's on your chairs. And uh, it's online for those of you who, who are watching online. They should be posting a link where you can go and download a PDF of, of this document online. What this does is it invites you, and, and, and if you're on our mailing list uh, as an active member of our church or ministry partner, or maybe you're not a ministry partner, but you're an active friend. That is, that is, you, you've been here for a long time. You may not have made the commitment to be a ministry partner, um, but you're just a friend of the church. And some people have been here for 20 years just as, just as friends of Christ the Cornerstone. And we love everybody, and we're grateful. And, and whether you're a friend or whether you're a, a formal ministry partner uh, of the church, you're still able to do anything in this church except hold office in a couple boards or committees, and you probably don't want to do that anyway. <laughs> but ministry partnership is a commitment where, we, where we're mutually committing to, to, to do certain things. And I do encourage you to, to make that commitment as a ministry partner. We had a class uh, last week. It's just a two-hour class. We had, we had six or eight people uh, make that commitment, and so I welcome them to our fellowship uh, as ministry partners today. 
and were glad to have them. I told them that I wouldn't make them stand up and make a speech, and they didn't even want me to take their picture and uh, uh, whatever. But we're glad that they're all with us. We partner together to accomplish the task that Jesus has called us to do as a church. And part of that commitment is committing our resources to do that. So this brochure tells you about our, our plan for funding the ministries that go through Christ the Cornerstone. And, and of course, obviously, that, that covers my salary. It covers the, the salary of the staff, and it covers the utilities and all these things. But, but you know, I, 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 I tried not to emphasize those things. Those, those things are very important. You need to earn your own living, and those who, who give leadership to the church need to take care of their families as well. So I, I'm not ashamed for what we pay to our salary and staff, or our salaries to our staff, because that's essential. And, and we depend, we trust on you. For, for all my career, I've, I've never earned money. Well, no, that's not true. Since I was, I left the farm when I was 18. I worked on the farm, <laughs> and I earned money for my mom and dad's business. But as a, as, a, as a career, as a professional person, I was always dependent on the generosity of the people in the churches uh, where I worked or where I was the pastor. So I thank you for your generosity uh, for all those years. I've been, been in ministry for 26 years, and you have allowed me to provide for my, my families, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful on behalf of the staff, who are also grateful. So we thank you for all of that. So you know, you can see on here how much... Uh, that cost, and if you want to see the percentages, you see the bottom total line. If you're smart, you can figure out the percentages yourself. <laughs> it's all here in front of you. But the, the, the invitation simply that I'm giving to you is to take this seriously, to take some time to pray about what you can commit to Christ the Cornerstone in this year, 2024, and then periodically give that on a regular basis. There are two questions here. One is I confidently commit to, to give this amount I know what income I have, I know what my expenses are, and, I, and, and I'm confident that I, can, that I can do this much. But God asks us to go a step further and to trust Him for whatever, whatever we give. And so that's the second question here. I ask, I ask and I trust God to provide an additional amount each week or month or year, whatever you decide. And when I receive that money, I commit to share it with the with the ministry of Christ the Cornerstone. So that's what these two questions mean. Next week, as we gather together, we're just going to have a little commitment ceremony and, and, and dedicate these, these gifts. If you want to give this sooner, you can leave it in the, uh, tear it off and, and fill it out and fold it up and leave it in the baskets that are by the doors. You can do that today if you like, but let's continue to pray about this and we'll, we'll follow up on that next week. That's pretty much all I want to say today about this, and I, but, I, but we're, we're applying the lesson from Scripture today uh, to both our giving just, and our lives as well. And I want us to continue to talk about this contentment. What, is, what does finances have to do with contentment? If we're not content with our finances, we're not content. <laughs> you know that. So we want to find this sense of contentment. Even though we may not be sure, we, we say, okay, God, I can give this amount, but I'm not sure about this. God gives us a sense of peace that He will still provide for us. He'll help me do my job so that I can keep my job or improve my job or improve my business. God helps us do that. 
There's another idea, this other idea about contentment that, that, I've, that I kind of touched on a little bit, and that's the idea that even though it's this idea of peace and absence of strife, there's always striving in life. We don't grow in life without pain or suffering or striving. We always are striving. But as I said earlier, this contentment comes even in the midst of hard work or difficult times or or, or spiritual wrestling. And that's what I want to talk about today. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We've read this before. And this is our core scripture for today. And there's really just one word that I want to talk about in this passage. But let's just listen to this passage from the scriptures. It says, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. Just soak that in a little bit. God's calling us to, to, to godliness with contentment. And that itself is great wealth. Verse 7 says, After all, we brought nothing into this world when we came into the world, and we can take nothing when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich... Doesn't say, notice it doesn't say people who are rich. It says people who long to be, people who crave to be, people who desire above everything else to be rich, fall into temptation. And falling into temptation, they are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. How does the Apostle Paul know what we know? Because these are universal truths. These are words that were written nearly 2,000 years ago, and they ring true still today. Do they not? For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money hear the emphasis. It's not on the money. It's on the desire. It's on the heart. It's on the mind. It's on the attitude about that which God provides to us. We could replace money with any word. Because it's not about that thing. It's about what we desire. It's about who we serve. It's about who we follow. It's about where we're dedicating and heading in our lives. Some people craving money, they've wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. So there's a contrast between following the way of our desire for other things and following the way of the true faith, which is our desire for God. As Pastor Bill led us, worship is the expression of this desire for God. And then Paul draws another contrast between Timothy, the one to whom he is writing, and other people that Timothy is engaged with. People in his church, people over whom Timothy is pastor, people who he's teaching them about Jesus. And he says, but you, Timothy, you are a follower of God. You're a man of God. And we can, we can interpret that as a man or a woman of God. It's, it's not referring to, to a particular title. It's a description of Timothy's decision and desire to be a man who follows the ways of God through his faith in Jesus Christ. But Timothy, 
You are a man of God, and because you are a man of God, run from all these evil things. What's the evil thing? The temptation that comes from the desire for all these things. But instead, because we're always running towards something. I remember I had a job interview once. I, was a, I, tried, to, I tried to get out of being a pastor in the church where I was. And it was the very first church that I was pastoring. <laughs> and I was ready to get out. And there was an opportunity way down in Georgia. And I was, I was a pastor in New York. And they flew me to Jacksonville for, to have an interview at the church. And I, and I had worked at that church. This is a church that I had worked at before I was a pastor. I was the youth director. And then they had an opening for an associate pastor. And I applied to it because I wanted to get back to that good place. So they flew me down to Jacksonville, and a, a friend of mine met me at the airport, and, and that was the first time Florida at that time had just raised the speed limits to 70. And we're going across I-10 at 80 miles an hour, and I'm like thinking, we're just going to go to heaven pretty soon. So I got to the church, and, and we had the interview, and went through the interview, and, and I knew that it was a job that, was, that would absolutely stretch me. And, and it was a church. They were familiar with me. They had some questions about me. I left on good terms, but they're still, this is a different job. I'm not their youth director anymore. And at the end of the interview, the wise pastor looked at me, and in front of the, the team that was interviewing me, he said to the committee, to the team, he says, Roger has all the qualities that I as a pastor would expect in, in this position. And we've got a number of candidates who, who satisfy all these things. And then he said this, I can't tell, he said, I can't tell if Roger is running away from something or if he's running toward something. And I said, okay, I'm not getting this job. <laughs> because... I said to him, and I probably might have said this out loud, I agree. I was not content. I was confused. And so I had to trust God in that situation. I didn't get the job. I went back to, I went back to, my, to my church, and I stuck with it. I pursued something other than what was tempting me over here. We've got to make those decisions. So here's Timothy. You've got these people who are teaching things that are outside of the faith. But you, Timothy, being a man of God, pursue righteousness. We're all pursuing something, or we're running away from something. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith and love and perseverance and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. The good fight is the fight for the faith. <laughs> I said last night, if we're, we find ourselves fighting with our spouses, what are you really fighting for? If you're fighting as a spouse to just get your way versus getting your spouse not getting his or her way, that's a fight that's not good. That's a fight that's, that's, that's pulling you apart as a couple. That's a fight that if it continues and resentment builds in, it's going to be a wedge that sinks down into your marriage until the day you realize we're not really married anymore. 
And that's not what God calls us to. God calls us to unity as husband and wife. And that is the, that is the foundation that is the best foundation for the establishment of our children that we just prayed for right here. Fight the good fight, the one that, that follows the ways of God, full of righteousness, goodness, love, perseverance, and even gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you. God has called every one of us to live life with Him forever. And there is a way that we can avoid that. (laughs) And we can choose to reject that. And God, I believe God honors our rejection of Him. Now, I know that there are others who disagree with that statement. And I don't know what condition, I don't know what would cause a person to do that. I don't know why a person would want to turn their back on God. But in sinfulness, before we realize God, we all have turned our backs on God. That's the consequence of sin. And we've got to make a realization in our own lives that, look, I'm going this way. I'm pursuing these things. I'm not pursuing this way of faith. Jesus, forgive me. That's the crux of the gospel. Because he died on the cross. We cannot earn it. We can't. Get his salvation. We're going to read just a minute another passage that talks about that. So I want to establish that we're talking about having faith in Jesus Christ that because he is the one who forgives our sins and gives us the hope of everlasting life. But you, Timothy, man of God, run from all these evil things, pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, fight the good fight. I want to tell you some, some things about this word, fight. Fight the good fight. I discovered that we get an English word that comes directly from this Greek word, and that English word is agony. And and I my family's a musical family, and so there are many times in our family when we hear a phrase or we think of something, we think of a we think of a musical. And uh, into the woods. Is a very popular musical. Some of you may have seen it. There's a there's a there's a song in there called Agony, and it's these two princes that cannot find love. And they sing this. It's a parody, and they sing this song Agony. <laughs> it's kind of funny in that. But that's but that's that's agony. This this striving, this discontent, this agony is related. to This word fight to to fight means to agonize. And in fact, the Greek word, I'm going to say it in the Greek. The Greek word sounds like this, agonizo. Agonize. We hear it right there. It means to fight. It means to struggle. It comes from the, the, the root word is a place, an assembly, a place for gathering. And then they say, so, oh, here's the place for gathering. Oh, let's use that for sports. Let's use that for contention. Let's use that for chariot races. Let's use it. So this is the place of agony. I think that's a good description for the church. This is the place for agonizing your life with God. 
And don't miss that opportunity. Fight the good fight. You're here today because you choose to fight the good fight in this world. To come here to be encouraged because when you leave here, you've got to face things that all in, in many ways have nothing to do with what we're doing today. But we gather together to encourage each other, to lift each other up, to commit ourselves to each other. And those things are all part of this Greek word, fight the good fight. It means striving for the goal. And it's absolutely an athletic term, even in ancient Greek days. It's what they were talking about. And we know that salvation is a, is a gift of God through faith in Jesus Christ, and we don't work to earn it. But once we have it because of our faith in Jesus Christ, He calls us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And so when we make that decision to follow Christ, then we work out that faith that we have. We contend for the faith. Luke, Jesus says in Luke chapter 13, verse 20, he says, says, Work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom, for many will try to enter, but will fail. Jesus is the way to the door. He opens the door for us. He says, live your life in the holiness that I give to you. And working out that holiness is no easy task. And it's one that I fail at probably daily in some way. And in ways that I don't want to confess before you and I don't want to think about. But I wake up and I say, thank you, Jesus, for a new day. I commit myself to follow your ways today. Help me with your Holy Spirit. Transform my life so that I daily can become more and more like Christ. So that I can be the parents to these children that you need me to be. So I can be the pastor to this church that you need me to be. So I can be the leader of of this organization that you have called me to be. Help me, Jesus. And I hope you pray that prayer also. Agonize. Fight the good fight. This word agony involves exertion. It involves effort. In, in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2, verse 2, it says, You know how badly we had been treated at Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. And yet our, and yet our God gave us the courage to declare the good news to you boldly in spite of great opposition. I'm going to say the Greek word for opposition. I'm going to pronounce it in the Greek language. And this is how you pronounce opposition in the Greek language. Agony. Huh. (laughs) This striving God calls us to. Keep striving. When we go out and share the good news, or we we may not even speak it. We might just live it at work. Somebody says, why did you do that? Because it's the right thing to do. You don't have to do the right thing. They're not going to miss that. We, 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 we went, we, our tradition, every Sunday morning, we stopped by Wawa to get coffee. The coffee here at church is excellent, by the way. But I have made a promise to my wife. When we moved to Delaware, every Sunday we would stop at Wawa and get coffee. Because before we moved to Delaware, we got Wawa coffee once, maybe twice a year. When we came here on vacation, and, and when we came here on vacations, every day I got up and went to Wawa to get Carolyn coffee. And then I stopped by the Dunkin' Donuts to get 
a donut for the kids and me. <laughs> so we got so so when we moved here, I said I'm not going to get coffee every day for you. We'll do it every Sunday. How about that? She agreed to that. So every Sunday since we've been here. We, we've gotten Wawa coffee, and people make fun of me walking in here with Wawa coffee, and they say, well, why can't you drink the church's coffee? Because I made a promise to my wife that we would, get, we would get Wawa coffee. So this morning we went and got our coffee. We walked in. We got it. It's $2. I went to the, I went to the automated checkout, scanned my thing, scanned the coffee, beep, scanned mine twice for Carolyn's, and then, and then I, I'm walking away. I'm just walking away from the machine. I know it's going to, I saw that it took my card and, and, it, and it charged me and I don't need a receipt, et cetera, et cetera. And Carolyn's like, well, no, you're not done yet. And, and, and I said, no, I just, I just walk away. Normally she doesn't go in with me. And I said, um, I, 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 I just walk away. It's fine. I don't need a receipt. We'll just, just walk away. And she's like, no, we, we can't do that. We've got to make sure it charges and make sure that nobody else is coming and doing something or, or it goes through. Because we don't want people to think that we didn't pay for our coffee. I'm the pastor of this beautiful church. And this thought went through my mind. Well, I was not going to miss it if it's a mistake. How easy it is for us to be in contention with the ways of this world. We've got to choose to do the right thing. I paid for my coffee. Let's be clear about that. (laughs) But I'm also human. And when we see corporations like Wawa or DuPont or bigger corporations, and we we say, oh, there's a penny over here. Nobody's going to miss it. It's still the wrong thing to do. Contend. Exert yourself to do the right thing. Others may laugh at you. Others may say, that's not important. You don't have to do it. Look, everybody else is doing it. That's the opposition. That's the agony coming against us doing the right thing. It takes effort to do. The other thing that this word fighting the good fight implies is bringing resources together, concentrating of forces That's why we have this season when I ask you to to make a commitment to give to Christ the cornerstone. We're concentrating our resources so that we can do a mighty and powerful work. And I ask you, and, and we pray together during this season, and I ask you to take this seriously. Ask God, what are you asking me to give to this church? Because we need to... We need to fight the good fight in this world, and we need to concentrate our resources to do that. And it's not just the money. It's the people. It's the serving. We need you to get up. We sang that song, Come on, my soul. Get up out of that seat and praise the Lord. And the times I say, Come on, my people. Get up out of that seat and volunteer to do something in the church because we've got to concentrate our forces to fight this good fight that Jesus has called you to do. You've come here for some reason. But not just to take. You've come here to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. So come on, my soul. (laughs) There's a lion inside of you. What a beautiful lyric that is. And I'm sorry to Pastor Bill, because every time I try to quote lyrics, I get them all mixed up. Need them on the screen. 
We have to concentrate our forces. So Colossians 1.29 says, So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone to teach everyone with all the wisdom that God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship with Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard, Paul says, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. We don't do the effort. Jesus does the effort through us. But we've got to put our plow, ourselves in a place where the Holy Spirit is calling us and will work through us. It's not going to happen until we give that agony, that effort, that fight the good fight. That fighting the good fight also means there are times when we have to set aside our own provisional needs. Used to get my dad. I, I'm sorry that my illustrations come from the farm. That's all I got, or they come from food. I just, <laughs> but I like my cookies and my pie. And I remember being a child and, and us having some cookies and somebody comes to the house and there's one cookie left and I'm looking forward to eating the last cookie. And somebody comes and Dad says, here, do you want a cookie? And I'm saying, Dad, you're giving him my cookie. <laughs> okay, I'm still a four-year-old in some ways. There are times when we've got to set aside our own needs for others. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after proclaiming Christ to others, I myself might be disqualified. Without the discipline, Jesus calls us to discipline. And it requires us to, to deny ourselves. Again, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.25, Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it in order to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize that will never end. Praise the Lord. Fight the good fight. This is discipline. So when we trust Jesus with our lives, He fills us with that contentment even through fighting the good fight. So let me ask you, is the fight that you're fighting, are you fighting it good? Are you fighting it for the faith? Are you fighting it for somebody else? Are you fighting it for love? Are you fighting it for faith? Are you fighting it for righteousness? Maybe the righteousness of others? Our denomination just went through a fight. An agonizing fight. And, 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 and the reason we're fighting is because we disagreed as to what was good. And, 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 and to be honest... <laughs> God is going to settle the whole question of both sides of that issue someday. But I believe this. Many of you believe this. They believe that. They believe God's calling them to do that. Okay, we disagree on that. Some of our conclusions about the Scripture, some of our conclusions about what God is calling us to do are mutually exclusive. We've got to stop fighting to destroy each other. So let's just go our separate ways. And we'll fight the good fight that we believe God is calling us to do.
Let's do no harm. But let's do good. Whatever God calls us to do. So I was thinking about this. I was fighting the good fight. I remember re- reminded of Jacob at the ford of the Jabbok River. Now let me give you a little context. This is Genesis chapter 32. Jacob had been running away from God for more than 20 years. And finally God said, it's time for you to go back home. And Jacob knew that in order to go back home, he had to face his brother Esau, whose last words were, I'm going to kill you. So Jacob ran. Twenty years later, Jacob says, I'm going to go back. He, he gets to, the, he gets to the, this river called the Jabbok. He looks across and he can see his brother coming. And both of them have great wealth now, so they're not just two, one man over here, one man over here. Uh-uh, this is an entourage. This is a caravan. This is a clan. Nomads in the desert coming to meet. Jacob has no idea how this is going to turn out, so Jacob begins sending ahead of, him, uh, ahead of the meeting between him and Esau gifts. I want to appease my brother. I want there to be no strife between us. So I'm going to send some gifts. So he sends this wave of gifts. And then he sends another wave of gifts. And then he sends his children and, and, his, and their mothers over. I think what he's doing is if he kills them, I'm going to go the other way. Well, that's courage, isn't it? So we come to Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. So after giving all these gifts, sending them over the river, this leaves Jacob alone in the camp. A man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. And when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of socket. And that man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. Now, this is, we interpret this man as some kind of man from God. An angel? Jesus? Something? It's not clearly identified. But it's a man with supernatural power, certainly. The man said, let me go, for dawn is breaking, as if this man can't be identified. This man can't be seen in the light of day. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Here's this fight the good fight idea that we're talking about. And so many times we try to work in our relationships and in our lives to avoid the fight. But Paul's telling us to fight the good fight. Stay in the contention. And here's Jacob showing us that when we stay in the contention with God, we'll receive a blessing. Something clicked in, da- in Jacob's mind, and he says, I'm not going to stop because I'm not going to st- let this man go because this man is from God. So he says, No, 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 no. We're going to stay fighting until you bless me. I'm going to work through it. I'm going to exert effort. I'm going to stick in it. I'm not going to run away from the fight, but I'm going to fight the good fight. Not the fight that just destroys, but the fight that brings life, the fight that brings justice, the fight that brings hope, the fight that brings help, the fight that brings love, the fight that brings us together, the righteousness. I'm going to persevere through.
through this. Jacob says, no, 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 no. I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man says, what is your name? Jacob says, my name is Jacob. And the man replies, your name will no longer be Jacob. From now on, you will be called Israel. Because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Yeah. Fight a good fight. Don't give up. Keep going. Wrestle with God until you find the blessing that God has for you. And, and don't predict what that blessing is going to be. Don't demand what that blessing is going to be. Jacob didn't say, change my name. Jacob simply said, bless me. And I'll take what you give me. So I don't know where you are in your life right now, but it's time for us to pray. (laughs) And whether you're fighting financially in your life, trust it with God. Ask God to show you what is the right thing. If you're you're questioning, I don't know if this is the right thing or not, maybe you need to concentrate the forces and you need to ask somebody else, hey, would you pray with me over this? We've got people in the back, people who will meet you at the back, uh, candles in the back of the room who are very willing to pray with you right now or you can come right here and pray uh, right now about what that might be. Maybe Maybe you just... You have never made a commitment to follow Jesus Christ. Like Timothy, a man of God, a woman of God. You've never said, you know, I've known about you, Jesus, but I'm not, I'm not sure about this. But you need to make a commitment and, and confess your own sins and let, and, and let the experience of Christ's forgiveness wash over you. We'll pray for that today and follow Him. So let's stand together as the team comes. and I invite you to pray. Father, we ask you to help us in these moments, Jesus. Thank you for this message of fighting the good fight in which we find your contentment. I thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit comes in these moments. Speak clearly to each one of us. The thoughts that we have, maybe some of us will hear words. I don't know, God. But bless us in these moments as we sing and as we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Jacob asked for that blessing. Later on in the scriptures, we see that Moses and Aaron were instructed to bless the people of Israel in this way. The Lord bless you, keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Give you peace. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So as we pray today, let's think about this blessing as we sing it together. The Lord bless you.
we pray that your favor would rest on us as we strive to do the things that you want us to do and be the people you want us to be. Lord, as we fight the fight that you've called us to for the kingdom of God, for our eternity and the the eternity of others, we thank you for the gift of your son, Father. We pray today that as we go, that your Holy Spirit would go with us and encourage us and strengthen us, God. Be with us and bless us. Give us opportunities to speak your love and your word to people that we come in contact with. We give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. If you still want to pray, the altar is still open. There are folks at the prayer stations. There are folks that can meet with you online and pray for several more minutes. God bless you. Have a great week.